0: Atlanta, you're listening to the Abbey Night's Morning Show, the number one party show of the city. As time intercepted down the middle, George Wilson. number one out of what I when I want and how I want it leave you with
1: the one what's going on everybody and we're back with retired NFL superstar George Wilson how you doing today
0: I'm doing good and yourself
1: pretty good can't complain trying to stay away from all the rona strands that are floating around everywhere. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We got to be safe out here, especially right now.
1: Have you been doing you with the mask situation? Doing
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to mask up. Got to protect yourself. You know, protect others around you. You know, all that. That's not doesn't make me uncomfortable one bit.
1: So we know that you're super fashionable. So what are you doing with the mask situation? You you got a matching piece with it, or are you just doing the straight up just the K95 ones?
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just Reg Miller. Yeah, I'm regular. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just going with the with the with the, with the what's going to protect me, you know. But,
1: yeah. I like it. I like Ooh. it. <laughs> so I know a lot of people may be familiar with you from your career in football, but there's a lot more to you than what you did on the field. So I think a lot of people would probably be surprised that you have a great sense of humor um, and that you're not a super serious guy all the time, but more so than anything, you're super dedicated to giving back and the community, which we'll dive into later but i thought why not try to dive back a little bit you know turn back the clock a little and uh try to allow people to get to know you <laughs> before you became who you were to the public eye. so you ready for it
0: no, we no won't put you in the hot seat it. don't worry <laughs> it was, do it.
1: so you're from kentucky And we know that, I mean, you've grown to be very charming, very accomplished. You've done quite a bit in your career, had a longer career than a lot of athletes. Why is the Paducah community so important to you?
0: It's my roots. It's where I come from, you know, all of my my teachers, my coaches, church members, you Mm -hmm. know, my family, you know, that's where they, where we all come from. And uh, growing up in small town, West in Western Kentucky, you know, this wasn't, you know, we didn't have the amenities that come in, you know, with living in major cities, uh, urban areas, but, you know, we were close knit community. Uh, it's about family. It's about helping each other. And, uh, you know, small town living is something that, that never gets old to me.
1: So what's your favorite childhood memory? If you had to pick one.
0: Oh, you man, I, it's, it's too tough. Yeah, I don't have a single memory. I just had a great what? childhood. you know.
1: Not even, there's not one yeah, moment that stands out?
0: No, no, because I had so many great moments, you know, whether it was, you know, in athletics or, or here at the farm or, you know, uh, at school, you know, so I was exposed to, to a lot, you know. My mom, uh, we didn't have much, but, you know, we had each other. And when we did have an opportunity to, we did do some traveling. My dad lived in New York. And so my sister and I used to spend our summers up there. Uh, but, you know, most of my upbringing was was here in Paducah, you know, here at the farm uh, where I'm currently am. When I when I wasn't playing ball or when I wasn't in school, I was working in the tobacco fields with my grandfather. You know, when we weren't working in tobacco, we were chopping, chopping wood, you know, for firewood. He sold firewood, you know, as a hustle as well. And so uh, I've just been, you know, a very – you know, blue collar, hands-on. You know, get get down in the mud and get dirty. You know, kind of work ethic ever since I was a kid, and so mm-hmm. that has sustained me um, up to now throughout my playing career and beyond. You know, it's the same work ethic that I apply to the farm now that that I'm the steward over the property.
1: I love it. Who would have thought, right? Superstar on the field, actually likes to get down and dirty on the farm and and put yeah, in that I- work.
0: I don't think anybody expected <laughs> me to be getting into farming after football. At least I didn't. So I don't I don't think anybody else did as well. But, you know, it was something that um, I think is my calling. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had some opportunities if I wanted to get into coaching or some broadcasting. And, and while those are, you know, great opportunities, it was not something that I was ready to do at the time. And uh, while I was transitioning from the game, I found the farm. And the farm became my my, my refuge. Um, it became therapeutic for me. The mm-hmm. farm gave me the, the structure and the schedule that football gave me. And, you know, I was initially kind of lost coming out uh, of football, but the farm gave me direction. You know, it gave me, um, you know, a, a, a newfound purpose. And so it's given me a platform to create my vision to be able to, impact my my community you know the paducah community and beyond you know for 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 good
1: i love it you're so dedicated to everything you do which is so cool because a lot of times it's hard to make that transition from everything being you know what everybody knows as the fast life to just everything being kind of quiet and more structured um i was curious how would your family describe you as a kid if we talk to any of your relatives right now what would they say about George as a kid?
0: <laughs> I was bad. <laughs> you were bad? I was, what? yeah, I, I was, I was bad. I was face. always into something. Yeah, I was, I was always into something. Uh You know, I was, you know, throwing <laughs> rocks and, uh, you know just, just doing stuff that their kids do, you know uh with, with my siblings that, you know, my mom uh, when we got spankings, you know, she used a, a paddle, you know, she had one of those old, uh, you know, paddle balls with ba- yeah. you know, the rubber balls with the <laughs> with the rubber uh, rubber band on it, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, she broke that off and it was pretty thick and that became our, our paddle for when we got spankings in the house, you know, and so Oh no. Um, everybody in the household knows that, that I got the most spankings and so my brother at one point wrote my name on the paddle, you know, hey, this is <laughs> G- G's butt whooping, butt whooping paddle, so. What? Uh, but yeah, I was I, was, I was, I was, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a rock, I was a rock slanger. I was a, I was a biter. Like I was, I was, yeah. You were getting I in trouble. Out, I had to grow out of, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I was definitely all, always into something.
1: So how, how did you go from that? For everybody listening, we were showing some of the pictures of George when he was a kid. How did you go from getting into so much trouble to discovering your passion on the field? Was it always football or was there another dream? Like, did you want to be a firefighter or something?
0: Well, the main thing was just I just always had energy. I had an a, a unlimited amount of energy. I could go all day, all night. And so it was about redirecting that energy towards something that was constructive. And so my mother, um, put us in, in athletics from before, you know, year round, basically, you know, I played football, basketball, baseball, uh, ran track, um, you know, all while working at the farm and going to school. So, you know, that's something that, that she always believed in was, you know, keeping us busy and, and keeping us occupied, would be a good deterrence and and distraction for being able to have opportunities to get in trouble.
1: What didn't you do? (laughs) You played almost every sport. Did you have one that was more of a favorite for you? Or like, was football always the one you gravitated towards? Or did you always feel like maybe you like basketball more?
0: No, I I liked all sports, but definitely football was always my favorite. It was my first love. You know, Mm -hmm. it was something that uh, my dad played, my, my brother played, my, a lot of my cousins played. And so, you know, it was in my bloodline, it was in my DNA. And so, uh, but we also were good. I had cousins that played Major League ba- Baseball, you know. So we have athletes in our family. And so we just play multiple sports because we believe that, mo- that you know, all sports benefit each other. You know, each sport specializes in a different skill set or a different way to use your skill sets. And so, You know, my mom believed in in just keeping us busy and exposing us to different team settings, different sporting and competitive opportunities to be able to grow us not only uh, athletically, but also personally and socially.
1: Your mom sounds like she's an amazing person, but like someone you don't want to play with at the same time, though.
0: (laughs) Well, she she, was a nurse. My mom's a nurse uh, of 42 years. She's retired now. But, you know, anybody that, that knows a, a nurse or, you know, somebody that, that cares for sick people, you know, they have a, a heart of gold. They have right. a very giving spirit um, because they, they put themselves uh, after, they, after the people they care for. And so uh, there's such giving people, and she's no different. Uh, you know, single mother, you know, raising three kids. She'll tell you she didn't do it by herself, but my mother made sure she was there for her. She made sure that we had what we need. It may not have always been name brand or or, Mm. uh, abundant, but we had what we need and we had each other. And, uh, you know, that's the main thing.
1: I think nowadays people are realizing more than ever how important it is to just have one another, especially with the climate that we're living in.
0: Yeah, I think the pandemic made everybody slow down. And, you know, initially, you know, I think a lot of people are, yeah, <laughs> are ready to get back, get back to uh, to normal. But, mm-hmm. you know, initially, I think it gave us an opportunity to slow down and, and redefine what, what matters and reprioritize uh, what we should be giving all of our time and atten- more of our time and attention to and not just work, work, work and being on the go, taking things, taking care of business, um, you know, away from our families. And so I think this pandemic has. You know, uh, if you if you took advantage of it, has allowed you to um, take advantage of, of the time that you do have to spend with more uh, more time with each other, but but also uh, be able to have that structure and, and be intentional when we do go back to uh, some sense of normalcy to be able to maintain that that pro- that family time as a priority.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, it's crazy that it takes something like this for people to really realize that. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about your childhood, but if someone were to go to your Instagram, a lot of your pictures are kind of serious or whatever. You're goofy, you're playful, you 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 got good jokes sometimes. What's something most people wouldn't know about you?
0: Hmm. <laughs> something they wouldn't know about me? That's tough. Let's you know, see. Abby, I'm real close to the I'm close to the vest, so. <laughs>
1: um Like we all know, yeah, you're an athlete. I we can, all know you work out. We all know you you know you get down on the farm. You're a hard worker, but you know you you're I can, also I can
0: cook. I can <laughs> hold my I can hold my own in the kitchen. You know uh, you can you know, cook.
1: I'm, okay, what you I'm throwing down in the kitchen? Yeah. What's your favorite dish?
0: I mean, you know, I, my my friends like my pot roast. That's something I, I do. That's a always a crowd pleaser when I do it. I always have friends coming over when I do that. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely my, my go-to when I got people over. I can do it pretty easily and I can do it, you know, uh, abundantly where I got enough to feed a, a bunch of people. You give me a couple crock pots, I can feed the whole fam.
1: Okay, can you bake too?
0: Like, no, no, I'm not a baker. I'm not going... Like, no, no. My, my version of baking is going to be like you know, the the Pillsbury, you know, ready bakes. All I got to do is put them on the cookie sheet. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to do a whole lot. <laughs> You're not going to do the whole thing from bake. scratch? No, no. I'm, I'm going to let somebody else do that. I'll buy that.
1: <laughs> I love it. So you guys already know, not only does he put in work on and off the field, but he can cook too. So I guess when people need plates, they're going to start hitting you up now.
0: Well, hey, hey, if I can if I can do it i'm gonna do it you know if i if i can't <laughs> i won't you know but i ain't right. gonna put myself out here too too far though
1: <laughs> right we're gonna take a quick break but we'll be right back with george wilson so make sure you guys don't go anywhere you're listening to the abby knight show What's up, everyone? It's your girl, Abby Nights, checking in here. Are you tired of feeling gassy and bloated? No problem. I got the perfect solution for you. Check it out. Bioptimizers is a company that's been optimizing internal gut health for years now. They use the highest quality of enzymes and probiotics in the market, and they're clinically proven to get the job done. They're made in the USA, GMP certified, and manufacturing COA. Don't believe me? Try it out for yourself. They even offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. That's right, 365-day money-back guarantee. I started using these two years ago, and I never looked back. Believe me, they get the job done. So make sure you guys go check them out, www.buyoptimizers.com, and use code ABBY10 for discount at checkout. That's www.bioptimiz.com zers. Use code Abby A B B I E one zero for discount at checkout. Trust me, you'll thank me later.
0: A one. And a two, one, two, wake up and get out of bed. We about to do this. Yeah. Yo, it's the city grass. Hey, this is so what? What's up? It's Migos, man. It's Roddy Rich. Atlanta, you're listening to the Abby Nights Morning Show, the number one party show in the city.
1: And we're back with George Wilson, football superstar, humanitarian, philanthropist. The list could go on and on. We've been talking about his childhood about how he gets down in the kitchen, which might be surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people say they can cook, but it's not always edible. So you know how that goes. You ever been in that scenario? Yeah, that's
0: the test. Yeah, that's the test. <laughs> if you cook for, for, for a lot of people and you got a lot of food left over, you probably need to go get some more some more practice, yeah. so try some different recipes or some different dishes together. But, you know, it's a, it's a good sign if you... You got a bunch of uh empty empty pots and pans at the end of end of everybody eating.
1: What's the best reaction if you have you ever had someone cook for you and the food wasn't good? Like how do you react to that? You still gotta pretend you like it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> I think, you know, you gotta reward you the just effort. Say you're full? You know, I, I don't you're full? I don't think yeah, I don't I don't I haven't had I haven't had any I don't think any experiences come to mind in particular, but if I were in a situation I think you just you just gotta fight through. Unless it's like overly seasoned, you gotta just I'd rather, you know, it be bland, but you know, if it's overly seasoned, that's the only way. Yeah. That's the deal breaker. Yeah, you can't you can't be consuming that. all that all that sodium like that. Oh no no no, no. Not at all.
1: You mean you don't <laughs> wanna be putting water down the rest of the evening?
0: <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Yeah, we, we might as well just 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 uh just talk throw it away. Yeah, yeah just go rinse day. it off and
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh and it's been fun getting to know a little bit about your background i'm sure people enjoy kind of diving into a little bit more of the personal side but we've all seen the news we know december was a very difficult month for mayfield in kentucky the destruction that they had to to endure and experience right before the holidays was devastating um I know that you drove through that area. What was that like for you coming back home and having to drive through that type of, I, I don't know, you can't really, I mean, it's just devastation because there's no other word for it, right? It's right before the holidays. Yeah. People are gearing up. I'm sure their homes had gifts and trees set up and, and to see all of that just taken away in a matter of moments to, uh, you know, community and a state that you love so much. How How was that for you?
0: Uh, that was tough, you know it was it was tough to see that you know I was actually in Paducah when the storm came through. and so uh, the following day, you know I had spoke to my, my carpenter that works with me here at my farm and he, he told me about his drive through there. and so based on his description, you know he told me that uh, you know the pictures doesn't do it justice. And so when he said that I got in my truck and drove down there. And I'd never seen anything like it. I don't um, I don't think that I'll ever forget that feeling. you know, and I didn't experience the actual storm, but I saw the immediate aftermath of the storm where they, you know there were power lines still in the road, you know, uh, you know, people just now coming back to see what the damage looked like. So it was pretty, Pretty raw still when I saw it, and so um, I just felt sorry and, and empathy for for the families and and the businesses and the, the people, and not just Mayfield, but you know uh, you know all throughout that, that that tornado's path. You know, it started all the way in Arkansas and went deep into the heart of Kentucky, and so mm-hmm. there's a lot of communities throughout that that path that were completely devastated and changed forever, and so. Um, just to see that, you know, and, and if you've ever known anybody or been through a loss, you know, a fire or, you know, a flood or something where you've completely lost everything, you know, to have to start all over from scratch, you know, is something I can only imagine. And so I just put myself in these people's shoes and just felt like we wanted to try to help out what we could. And, you know, we can't, you know, do it all ourselves, but we can just lend a helping hand to let our our neighbors Uh, know, and our friends know that, that we're, we're with them, that they're not in this by themselves. And, you know, it's going to take a a complete team effort to be able to do it, uh, to get the, those communities back on their feet. And so, you know, it was, it was definitely something that was, um, that was impactful. You know, I honestly say that, you know, I, 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 it was a constant thought in my mind, you know, several for the, you know, several days after I saw that. And so, um, just never seen anything like it before. It's, 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 hard to even put into words. Like it really just looked like a nuclear bomb. It went off. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've seen those videos on, on YouTube, like literally minimal, stru- the, all the structures that are still standing are completely damaged. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that was hit by the, that was touched by that tornado, um, you know, had some significant damage, you know, nothing was unscathed if it, if it was in its path. So, you know, uh, but you know, we're still here. Uh, we're going to continue to our efforts to assist those, uh, families impacted by the storm. And it just is a, uh, it's a great opportunity for us to show, uh, our humanity. You'll yeah. be able to set aside, um, your, 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 your background, your, your, affiliations of any kind, your your political uh, beliefs, religious beliefs, Mm. it's about helping your fellow man, your fellow neighbor, your fellow church member, your coworker, you know, um, just a stranger. You know, it's just to be able to show our humanity to be able to have genuine love and concern for someone other than ourselves. And it's a great opportunity to be able to do it. And I think, you know, um, you can see that, that in everything uh, that's happened since you know we have um you know been told that you know the area can't take any more supplies because there's been an abundance of of support uh given to it to the area to the families and so uh it, it's a it's a great example of what community should be not just in times of of adversity but but every day
1: but every day yeah and it's I think that with TV it's kind of desensitized everybody. You see it on the screen and it's you kind of see it but you don't really feel that connection. Tornadoes come in just a matter of moments. So there's nothing you can do in a situation like that. I've I've been I've been there when there's been a horrible flood in my hometown in Spain and a lot of people died and you know I've I've been in a house that's been flooded that I've been in during a hurricane. But nothing that compares to you know what Kentucky's going through right now and you know, other states that I've experienced from natural disasters. So for everybody out there that hasn't seen what took place um, or some of the work that George and his community and his nonprofit have done, we've got a quick clip for you. Quick clip if I can get my vocabulary together. Um, take a quick second to check
0: it out. A station in Mayfield, Kentucky after a tornado ripped through that town of about 10,000 people. And Brandon Clement is a storm chaser who captured this video, and he's joining me right now on the phone. So, Brandon, as we look at these pictures, I mean, it looks like just a giant steamroller just uh, came on through uh, knocking down everything in its path except for a couple of resilient uh, buildings there right there. This looks like a historic uh, brick building that we're looking at right here, and your drone footage captures it. So tell me about your experience um, along the way. But uh, I think I went from a analyst to uh apprentice at least, but uh, uh, stay tuned for more details on how you can support us.
1: So clearly a lot happened in a very short period of time, but seeing everyone come together the way they did was... Incredible. I mean, watching that back, it—I'm sure it has to seem like a bad dream.
0: Yeah, you—you you, you wish you wish that was the case, but you know when you see the faces of the families and the kids coming through our distribution uh, uh, lines, you know it's real. You know these are are real people. These are real stories. These are real testimonies of survival, and uh, you know they have a, a look of hope knowing that, you know, people are here to help them uh, get through these uh, difficult and trying times. And so, um, you know, while it is, you know, uh, tough to be able to have to go through this and endure it uh, as a volunteer, I know it's even more uh, trying and difficult to have to uh, endure this and overcome this having lived it. So, you know, I'm just trying to do my part to, to help make this uh, transition and, and make this time, adverse time for them, you know, a little bit easier to be able to, to handle.
1: So I know that you've partnered with the goodness project in a lot of these relief efforts. What has that process been like? And, you know, what has it been like, um, you know, like you said, uh, you know, being in touch with families and them talking about, you know, what they're going through, but also being so hopeful about their current experience right now.
0: Oh, it's been great. You know, um, initially I called a friend of mine down in Nashville, Tennessee. His name is Papa Joe. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does a lot of uh, nonprofit work in the area. And so we just telling him what we had going on in Kentucky. And he just kept saying, call Bill, call Bill, no matter what we say. He's like, call Bill, call Bill. And so uh, Bill is Bill Fletcher, the, the president of the Goodness Project. We didn't know what he meant, but we understand it now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but we didn't understand what he meant at the moment. But uh, we called Bill Fletcher, uh, told him what we had going on, and he, he just said, Okay, I'll be there on Thursday. I believe we called him on, on Monday. He said, Okay, I'll be there Thursday. We're going to bring in a semi and a couple box trucks, and we'll be uh bringing in some supplies. And we'll, we'll, uh, you guys help us get it out, and then we'll just supply everything. And so, uh, that's what it blossomed into, uh, along with some other organizations in the area that. We're here to help and, and having countless volunteers to be able to show up that day. Uh, it really just all came together. Everything we needed came together. And, and needs things that we needed before we knew that we needed them were showing up. That's the crazy thing about it. And you know uh, things like that happen when, when your heart's in the right place and you're trying to make a, a great impact, a positive impact on, on people's lives. And the Goodness Project has been a great partner throughout this entire process
1: yeah there's no doubt the efforts that have gone into trying to help rebuild this community are unimaginable i mean at a time like this especially with the holidays around the corner to see all the good that you guys are doing is so commendable um i know that on the news they also highlighted some of your efforts we're going to play a quick clip for everybody that didn't get a chance to check that out so you can see how everything was really going down in kentucky NFL stars Brian Hall and George Wilson know a lot about teamwork, so when their communities were impacted by tornadoes, they knew they had to put that teamwork to the test. This morning, Wilson and Hall partnered with volunteers from across the country to help bring relief to Western Kentucky tornado victims. Wilson and Hall hosted a Christmas giveaway for needy families today at Mayfield High School. People were able to get essential supplies like food, clothes and hygiene products, as well as toys for Christmas. Hundreds of people came out this afternoon for the relief efforts, with volunteers coming from all over the country to help put
0: on the event. This just being a, a great example of what teamwork, of what community really looks like, what it should look like, uh, not just during uh, times of disaster or times of need, but every day. We're 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 uh, we're the same. Nobody's better than the other. Because it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from or what you have. It's about trying to help our fellow man, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, our church members, our loved ones. And it took ball, you know, it was a bottle of energy and faith that this was going to be an incredible event, had no clue what it looked like. And then now I'm out here now, I'm just like, I mean, there's so many different people out here from all over. And just, you know, I've been receiving hugs and just, I mean, it's, it's been, it's crazy.
1: It was an awesome scene at Mayfield today. Hall is still raising money for tornado relief. You can donate directly to his cause at thefamousfund.com so there are some great clips in there you can see people are still you know in spite of the circumstances and high spirits so you know aside from having to pitch in in a time of need a lot of people don't know that you fly under the radar when it comes to giving back to community you're not really someone that looks for accolades or you know public recognition for what you do when it comes to helping people um every year I, I think for the past how many years you've been hosting a shopping spree for the holidays for the kids of your community. How many years uh, have you hosted for, that now?
0: Uh, we've done it for six six years now.
1: Six years. So I think this year you well, we've gave
0: done six, six years for the shop with the, with the shopping where we've partnered with Academy Sports. But before then, you know, when I was still playing, I used to do a big toy drive with Toys for Tots. And do a real big uh, Christmas Christmas giveaway uh, for a lot of kids in the community. And I did that for about uh, about five or six years as well. So I mean, I've been doing stuff around the holidays, you know, for over ten years now. But you know, not just during that time, but throughout the year, you know, we just try to do as much as we can and be as much of a resource to our community as, as we can.
1: So, how was the George Wilson Safety Foundation started? I mean, there had to be coming. I mean, even w- while you were playing, coming out of football, there's a million other things that you could do that don't require for you to have to pay it forward uh, with your time and your attention to other people in need. Obviously, we know how much it means to you. So, how did all that come about?
0: Well, I've always had a, a giving spirit. You know, mm-hmm. growing up, you know, we spent a lot of time with my grandparents that that owned the, the farm. Um, you know, that, that I grew up working on. And so after, churches, after church on, on many Sundays, we would go and do Bible study in, in homes with, with elderly people who wasn't able to attend worship service. And so we also went to nursing homes and, and retirement homes to be able to have devotion in there with, with them as well. And so my, my grandparents used to send me and my cousins and my sisters to the rooms to wheel the people down to the, the cafeteria for the devotions and everything. And so at a young age, they just exposed us to service and, and helping others. And so it's been in my DNA from, from, from an infant. And so uh, when I got, you know, in college, you know, well, when I was in high school, I would go back to visit my elementary school teachers and talk to the kids in class and, you know, Mm -hmm. tell them about, you know, the importance of getting your education you know, and making good decisions. And so I just continued to do that when I went to college. You know, I was active in the uh, um, community program with our Razorbacks and we called it AAO, um, Arkansas Athletes Outreach. And so we did a lot of work in the community with them. And then when I got with the Buffalo Bills, you know, I really worked closely with the community relations department and Visiting schools, visiting children hospitals, and just exposing myself to the different opportunities and, and, and social causes that that you can give your time and resources to, and so I just found my niche with kids, specifically, you know, kids of school age, uh, to be able to show them that their dreams and goals and aspirations are all possible through hard work and sacrifice and, and, and commitment and consistency, accountability, uh, being mm-hmm. responsible. You know, all those attributes have sustained me, and I just try to go back and share my story and share my testimony with with uh, the next generation that come in, that's coming after us um, to, to inspire them to be courageous and bold in, in pursuit of their dreams and goals in life as well. You know, it's not going to always be be sunny days and fair weather. You know, you have to be able to overcome and persevere through adversity and the challenges that life lays lies before you, uh, you know, lays before you day in and day out. And so uh, we started the safety foundation uh, after finding our niche and, and wanting to do more than just do football camps. And so we started it in 2010 and we, we came up with the, the safety acronym, mm-hmm. uh, which was the position that I played, you know, in the uh, with Buffalo. And we use it as an acronym for our mission statement, which is saving adolescents from everyday trials of youth. And so that's just basically putting on enough pro- uh, the variety and a diverse course of programming to be able to equip them with the life skills and the ex- life experiences to be able to prepare them for the decisions that they have to make day in and day out as, a, as an adult.
1: Looking back on your journey, did you ever imagine yourself reaching the level of success that you have?
0: Uh, I knew I was going to make it to the NFL. And I know it may sound arrogant or cocky, but I knew it. I prayed about it every night and I knew I was willing to put the work into it. Uh, i would never forget my, my high school coach was talking to us one day after practice about academics. Some guys were, were not, uh, getting their study hall hours in, or were not, you know, uh, making good, good grades in the classroom. And so he was telling us the importance of education and, and how less than 1% of us would make it to the NFL. And so I remember being on the knee next to my teammate, David Dobbins, was his name. And I turned to to, to Dave and I told him, I'm going to be in that less than 1%. And I meant it. I knew that. I believed that. And everything that I did reflected that. Whether I was on the practice field, I was on the game field, or I was in the classroom, my approach to life and my work ethic didn't fluctuate depending if I was doing sports or if I was working at the farm or if I was working on my, my grades in the classroom. I had a one-size-fit-all one approach, which is... Work hard no matter what you're doing. Give your very best and do your very best, and we can live with whatever the results were. And I knew that if I just had gotten the opportunity that I'd make the most of it. And so, uh, yeah, I, I thought and I believe, truly believed that I would make it to the NFL. I didn't know how. I just knew that's something I prayed about. And I prayed to God each and every night the same prayer, that God, if you bless me to be able to see my dreams, that I won't be selfish with the blessings that come with it. And so that's why I'm still giving to this day. He allowed me to live my dream of playing in the NFL for 11 years, you know. And so now it's up to me to hold up my end of the bargain.
1: What you're doing, what you're definitely doing. Absolutely. I mean, it's a lot of times when you see somebody on TV or you see them on social media or, you know, in the public eye, you don't always see how much goes into it or how passionate they really are about something. Because a lot of times people have teams that take care of it but you've always been really hands-on with the things you're passionate about. Um, I'm just curious. I had one question for you. In your career and your life so far, what's been one highlight moment for you that stands out the most? And you can't say anything, George.
0: Um, <laughs> you no, I, I, I won't. No, my, my, for, for me, my my highlight moment for me was... Was that? But that clip you showed my interception on on Monday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys because that play was like um, a climax almost, or at least an an arrival for me. You know, because I got that opportunity to, by the, using the same attributes that I was talking about that being exposed to farm life afforded me. Mm -hmm. And so I worked up my way up from the practice squad Mm -hmm. as a wide receiver and switching positions to safety. And in the same season, I switched positions to safety. I go from being third on the depth chart to within five weeks, having my first career start as a safety. I haven't played safety since high school and I make my first career start and end up starting nine games that season. And so like that's just the just added to my testimony. Like mm-hmm. that's you don't change positions in the NFL like that. You know, that's not something that's very common. Most people, yeah. you know, may do it for a season or two, but I ended up playing more than 8 years after that, you know, and so for for that to happen, it would I just knew that 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 I could, I could, I could make plays as a safety. I have made the transition. I have made a play in my first game on national TV at that, and so now it just made it just gave me the confidence of a lifetime that I knew that I could be an impact player as a safety and that I could sustain my career and I could change the course of my family. Before that, I didn't have any real resources to be able to say that you know, I, I you know, I changed my family's life. I changed. Um, you know, the set of circumstances that I grew up in, you know, and so that opportunity was, was disguised as hard work and a lot of things, a lot of opportunities in life are disguised that way. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I hadn't caught any passes as a wide receiver. And so I was like, what do I have to lose? And so that's definitely the highlight moment for me, you know, because that kickstarted my second half of my playing career as a safety which put me in position to be able to have a platform um, with a foundation, to be able to give me the resources to buy this farm, to be able to start some businesses and be able to start to put my family on a trajectory of having generational wealth. And that's ultimately my goal is to be able to, to not only impact my family in that way, but to impact my community and help change the perspective of money and how to value money, how to leverage money, how to use money in a way to be able to achieve your goals and be able to change your family dynamics, change your family environment, and change your family outlook, not just for you, but for the generation of your family and your community that comes after you.
1: Everyone's journey, it's, it's so easy to capture a moment in a picture or in a video, but to actually live it and experience it and see that come full circle for you after you've put in so much work is incredible. It's been such a like pleasure. That, huh?
0: like- um, I don't mean to cut you off, but like I know we're about to go, but like that moment, mm-hmm. that wasn't just me. That was that was my whole town. Like God, I felt the spirit of every person in Paducah because I know they were living through me in that moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that that had more talent or had you know opportunities that that that, uh, that I had that didn't you know do right by them. But now they get to see somebody that they grew up with, somebody they went to school with or church with, living out their dream on the biggest stage, and they were there celebrating it with me. And so, like, being from a small town, you know, we get looked over a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in the South. They think we're slow and, you know, don't really know a whole lot. But, like, that was our moment. That was our moment to shine. The commentator said Paducah. And I think everybody that's from Paducah that went to school in Paducah Or or knew somebody in Paducah immediately lit up because, you know, we all won that night. We all was in that moment. We all celebrated. I had countless text messages and and, and phone calls and voicemails because everybody was celebrating in that moment because we all won. Mm -hmm. And we're still benefiting from that moment and, and, and from that opportunity to this day.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. What a feeling, right?
0: It'd be hard to top that
1: moment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of life.
1: It is. You never know.
0: You never know how. You never know how one moment would change your life, but also you never know how many other people's blessings are connected to your dreams as well. That's why you got to keep going. You got to keep fighting. You got to keep striving because you never know who else is down the road waiting for you to come through and give them a message of hope because you done been through it. You done lived what they going through. And you gave them that inspiration they need right when they need it. So you gotta keep fighting. You gotta get up and put one foot in front of the other each and every day, no matter what lies ahead of you.
1: Right. Well, like they say, nothing worth having comes easy, right? So, you know, once you put in the work, you know, you hope that it's going to come around full circle like it did for you. You have such an incredible story. It really has been such a pleasure chatting with you and getting to allow everybody to get to know you a little bit better. And also all the relief efforts that have taken place for Kentucky. If anybody wanted to come keep up with you, I know that you have your Instagram if you'd like to drop that or anywhere else where they can reach out and keep in touch with you
0: yeah you can find me on the gram at uh, dgw uh, Cultiv- uh excuse me gw the cultivator uh, and then you can find me on facebook uh under my name george wilson and you can also find me at phonograph farms as well but uh just check us out see what we got going you know we're we're definitely trying to grow this farm and 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 show farm life in a different light not just picking uh picking vegetables or, or having livestock we're trying to have fun we're trying to create multiple strings of income to one property and create an experience while impacting lives for good at the same time. So it's, it's fun.
1: Creating lifetime moments. Listen, I think you forgot one though, because you also partake in some other things. Don't you have uh, the experience side as well now that you're talking about that?
0: Yeah, we do events. You know, I'm actually building a, a venue up right now. And so we do, you know, outdoor uh, dinner dining experiences i do live entertainment we have paint and sip experiences um you know we're building a uh a home on the property for people to be able to to use as a bridal suite or airbnb we'll be finishing up with that and getting started on in our indoor facility and so we got a lot of projects going we're going to be uh expanding our growing and produce air uh, production area this year so it's a lot it's a great time here at phonograph farms It's a great time to be able to uh, help other people and use our platform and our resources to be able to to help the people impacted by those tornadoes last month as well.
1: Right. I can see you're a busy man. Do you ever get to sleep with everything you're doing?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I try to make some time. Yeah, it's all good. (laughs) We, We just take it a day at a time.
1: It's been such a pleasure, George. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Make sure you guys don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Abbey Night Show.
0: It's time for The Abbey Night's Morning Show, the best show in
1: the city.